How I Do It, Costoclavicular Brachial Plexus Block by Dr. Ranjith Kumar Siva Kumar and Dr. Manoj Kumar Karmakar from the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Costoclavicular Brachial Plexus Block, or CCBPB, is a proximal infraclavicular brachial plexus block, or ICBPB technique, where local anesthetic, or LA, is injected between the cords of the brachial plexus at the costoclavicular space, or CCS. The procedure produces ipsilateral sensory motor blockade of the terminal nerves of the brachial plexus, providing surgical anesthesia or analgesia for upper extremity surgery. CCBPB was first described by Karkamar and colleagues as a means to overcome some of the limitations of a lateral sagittal ICBPB. This article briefly outlines our current understanding and how we perform a CCBPB. CCBPB versus lateral sagittal ICBPB. Karkamar and colleagues proposed that the brachial plexus anatomy at the CCS was more suitable for ICBPB than at the lateral infraclavicular fossa, or LICF, despite its history of safety and efficacy. They based their theory on the understanding that the cords of the brachial plexus at the LICF located deep to the pectoral muscles and at a depth of 3 to 6 centimeters seem to be separated because they exhibit substantial variation in their position relative to the second part of the axillary artery. With the position of the arm abducted to approximately 90 degrees, all three cords are rarely visualized in a single sagittal sonogram during an ultrasound-guided, or USG, lateral sagittal ICBPB. This may explain why relatively large volumes, 35 to 40 milliliters of LA, or multiple injections, are frequently successful during a lateral sagittal ICBPB. The tip of an indwelling catheter placed at the LICF is unlikely to lie close to all the three cords, which may explain why secondary blocks fail with continuous ICBPB. In contrast, the cords of the brachial plexus at the CCS are relatively superficial, clustered together lateral to the first part of the axillary artery, exhibit a triangular arrangement, share a consistent relationship with one another and to the axillary artery, and are all visualized in a single transverse sonogram of the medial, proximal, infraclavicular fossa. Published data also indicate that CCBPB produces an onset of brachial plexus block, or BPB, faster than a lateral sagittal ICBPB and significantly reduces incidence of ipsilateral hemidiaphragmatic paralysis than supraclavicular or interscalene BPB. Other data show that CCBPB affects the axillary and suprascapular nerves and is effective for postoperative analgesia after arthroscopic shoulder surgery. Furthermore, a 2020 cadaveric study demonstrated that color dye injectate after CCBPB spread to the three trunks of the brachial plexus and the suprascapular nerves, but not to the phrenic nerve. Therefore, CCBPB is emerging as an attractive alternative technique for BPB. Anatomy The CCS is an intermuscular space 
located between the posterior surface of the midsection of the clavicle and the anterior chest wall. It is bound by the clavicular head of the pectoralis major and subclavius muscle anteriorly and the upper slips of the serratus anterior muscle and second rib posteriorly. The CCS is part of the axillary tunnel and continuous cranially with the supraclavicular fossa and interscalene groove and caudally with the axilla via the LICF. The cords of the brachial plexus in the axillary vessels traverse the CCS, with the cords lying parallel and lateral to the axillary artery. The lateral cord is the most superficial of the three and always lies anterior to both the medial and posterior cords. The medial cord is directly posterior to the lateral cord, but medial to the posterior cord. The posterior cord is the lateral most of the three cords at the CCS, positioned immediately lateral to the medial cord, but posterolateral to the lateral cord. The topography of the cords relative to the axillary artery and to one another at the CCS is generally consistent. The cords of the brachial plexus at the CCS are also surrounded by a multi-layered interlacing network of collagen fibers, known as the perineural sheath, analogous to that seen with the sciatic nerve at the popliteal fossa. The perineural sheath is interposed between the epimysium of the surrounding muscles and the epineurium of the cords. The perineural sheath encompasses not only the cords, but also the adjacent axillary vessels as an all-inclusive neurovascular sheath. It is densely packed around the cords and becomes more loosely arranged as it extends away from the cords. Furthermore, a connective tissue septum that extends laterally from the axillary artery subdivides the subperineural compartment into an anterior superficial compartment containing the lateral cord and a posterior deep compartment containing the medial and posterior cords. Ultrasound scanning technique. 1. Position. Patient. Position the patient supine with the ipsilateral arm abducted, 90 degrees, and the head turned slightly to the contralateral side. Operator and ultrasound equipment. For a right-sided block, a right-handed operator stands at the patient's head and the ultrasound machine is placed on the contralateral side. The operator's and ultrasound machine's positions are changed for a left-sided block. 2. Transducer selection. High-frequency linear array transducer, 12 to 15 megahertz. 3. Scan technique. Position the transducer directly over the clavicle midsection in the transverse orientation. Gently move it caudally until it slips off the clavicle's inferior border and the axillary artery, first part, and vein are visualized. It may be necessary to gently tilt the transducer cephalad to direct the ultrasound beam toward the CCS. Optimize the ultrasound image until all three cords of the brachial plexus are clearly visualized lateral to the axillary artery. If the cord's visibility is less than optimal, gently pivot the medial end of the transducer caudally to try and direct the ultrasound beam at right angles to the cords.
Sonoanatomy. During a transverse ultrasound of the upper medial infraclavicular fossa immediately below the clavicle midsection, the CCS is visualized as an intermuscular space between the pectoralis major's clavicular head, the subclavius muscle anteriorly, and the serratus anterior muscle overlying the second rib. The axillary artery, first part, and the axillary vein appear as two hypoechoic round-to-oval structures in the CCS. The axillary artery is pulsatile and located lateral to the axillary vein. Deep to the axillary artery, the upper slips of the serratus anterior muscle, second rib, intercostal muscles, and parietal pleura are visualized. The three cords of the brachial plexus are clustered together lateral to the axillary artery in a consistent triangular topographical arrangement. Immediately distal to the CCS, the cephalic vein can be seen arching over the cords from a lateral to medial direction to join the axillary vein. Therefore, if the cephalic vein is visualized in the transverse sonogram, it usually indicates that the ultrasound scan is being performed distal to the CCS and requires manipulation of the transducer cranially. For the same reason, it is also imperative to visualize the subclavius muscle in the target ultrasound window, as without it, the scan is distal to the CCS. Sonographically, the paraneural sheath is visualized as a hyperechoic layer of connective tissue between the epineurium of the cords and the epimysium of the surrounding muscles, and most visible after LA injection. The septum extends laterally from the axillary artery as an additional hyperechoic layer of connective tissue in the paraneural sheath that subdivides the subparaneural compartment into an anterior compartment containing the lateral cord and a posterior compartment containing the posterior and medial cords. Needling Technique CCBPB is performed with the patient supine and the arm abducted to elevate the clavicle and extend the space below its midsection, facilitating transducer placement and in-plane needle insertion lateral to the transducer. If the patient is unable to abduct their ipsilateral arm, CCBPB can be performed using a medial approach. For the traditional lateral approach, once the target transverse ultrasound window is acquired, the block needle is inserted under strict aseptic precautions, in plane from a lateral to medial direction. By advancing the needle tip through the gap between the lateral and posterior cords and placing it close to the medial cord, the needle tip is positioned at the center of the cords in the CCS. Then 1 to 2 milliliters of normal saline, or 5% dextrose, if using nerve stimulation, is injected as a test bolus. Correct needle tip position is confirmed by A. Visualization of the needle tip between the cords within the CCS, and B. Spread of a test bolus injection, anechoic fluid, between but not within the cords, without any obvious swelling of the brachial plexus cords. Once successfully placed, the total LA dose, 25 milliliters, is slowly injected in small aliquots at a single site 
without any needle redirection. Drug and dosage. Currently, data on the optimal volume of LA required for USG CCBPB is sparse. Our research group has demonstrated that a 21 milliliters 95% confidence interval or CI equals 20.7 to 21.8 milliliters is the minimum effective volume MEV90 of 0.5% ropivacaine in 90% of patients for USG CCBPB. This is in agreement with the ED95 of 0.5% ropivacaine 18.9 milliliters 95% CI equals 17.9 to 27.5 milliliters reported by Kulani and others for USG CCBPB. However, and in contrast to that evidence, Sothisofa and others reported that the MEV90 of lidocaine 1.5% with 5 micrograms per milliliter epinephrine is 34 milliliters 95% CI equals 33.4 to 34.4 milliliters. The variation may be related to differences in study methodology, drugs used, and criteria for the definition of block success. In our clinical practice, we rarely use more than 25 milliliters of LA for CCBPB, and it consistently produces rapid onset of surgical anesthesia of the upper extremity. Single or multiple injection CCBPB. Data are also currently limited on the optimal technique for CCBPB, that is whether to perform a single injection or multiple injections targeting the individual cords. Research has not demonstrated whether the multi-compartmented paraneural sheath at the CCS affects LA spread and block dynamics after CCBPB. That said, the original method of injecting the LA between the cords of the brachial plexus, which is inherently a subparaneural injection, produces rapid onset of ipsilateral brachial plexus blockade. Leyera and others performed a double injection CCBPB using 35 milliliters of 1% lidocaine and 0.25% bupivacaine with epinephrine and dexamethasone and demonstrated that it produces faster onset of surgical anesthesia. Onset time equals 16.6 minutes versus 23.4 minutes. 95% CI equals 3.3 to 9.7 minutes than its single injection counterpart. Lee and colleagues also demonstrated that a triple injection CCBPB targeting the individual cords using a mixture of 10 milliliters of 2% lidocaine, 10 milliliters of 0.75% ropivacaine, and 5 milliliters of normal saline, total volume 25 milliliters, produces a higher rate of sensory motor blockade of all four terminal nerves of the brachial plexus at 30 minutes than single-injection CCBPB, 85.3% versus 52.9%. The limited available evidence suggests that a multiple-injection CCBPB targeting the individual cords may be more successful. However, given the paucity of data and our current understanding of multi-compartmented paraneural sheath at the CCS,
Future research should determine whether two injections into the anterior and posterior compartments produces improved block dynamics than a single injection between the cords or a triple injection targeting individual cords. Continuous CCBPB. A catheter placed at the center of the CSS cord and nerve cluster is not only subfascial, but also in close proximity to all the three cords of the brachial plexus. The intramuscular CCS may also help secure a catheter in situ and reduce the risk of accidental dislodgement, commonly seen with supraclavicular catheters. Current published data on continuous CCBPB are limited, but it is our clinical experience that an infusion of 4 to 6 milliliters per hour of a low concentration LA, like 0.125% levobupivacaine, is usually adequate for extended analgesia in the postoperative setting. Indications, Contraindications, and Complications CCBPB targets the cords of the brachial plexus and blocks all five terminal nerves, axillary, musculocutaneous, radial, ulnar, and median. Thereby, it provides excellent anesthesia and analgesia for upper extremity surgery below the midarm. Published data also suggest that CCBPB affects the suprascapular nerve. Because CCBPB affects the axillary, posterior cord, upper subscapular, posterior cord, and lateral pectoral, lateral cord nerves, it is effective in providing postoperative analgesia, non-inferior to an interscaling BPB, after arthroscopic shoulder surgery. In this context, the significantly lower incidence of ipsilateral hemidiaphragmatic paralysis with CCBPB, 0 to 5%, compared to an interscaling BPB, 100%, is encouraging. Future research should establish CCBPB's role in shoulder surgery and whether it provides surgical anesthesia of the entire ipsilateral upper extremity except for the area innervated by the intercostobrachial nerve, T2, like a selective trunk block. Additionally, it has no specific absolute contraindications. Relative contraindications include previous surgery over the medial infraclavicular fossa and the presence of aberrant vascular anatomy in the cord cluster. We consider coagulopathy and anticoagulant medications a contraindication for CCBPB because the CCS is not easily compressible and BPB has safer alternatives. Data on the safety and complications after a CCBPB are lacking. However, because the cords of the brachial plexus at the CCS are closely related to the axillary artery, parietal pleura and the apex of the lung, accidental vascular puncture, LA systemic toxicity, and pleural puncture are possible complications. Conclusion CCBPB is a proximal infraclavicular BPB technique that targets the cords of the brachial plexus at the CCS. Sensory motor blockade after a CCBPB is rapid in onset and significantly faster than a lateral sagittal ICBPB. It provides effective anesthesia and or analgesia for ipsilateral upper extremity surgery below the midarm 
but growing evidence suggests that it is also effective for postoperative analgesia after arthroscopic shoulder surgery. CCBPB produces significantly lower incidence of ipsilateral hemidiaphragmatic paresis than the supraclavicular or interscalene approach. Continuous CCBPB using low volumes of LA via a catheter placed at the CCS is a viable option and warrants future research. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode of Azra News, please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review.